I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, March 16th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So, Jay, it was revealed yesterday that the 2026 FIFA World Cup will feature 104 games. That's up from the original 80. It will also feature an expanded field of 48 teams, up from 32 in past tournaments. Thoughts on the new format, Jay? I like it. More games, more games. I think this is probably good for Canada, and probably good for Toronto as well. And... There is a current nine-year-old for whom this is going to be very, very good news. He can watch all 104 games if given the opportunity. Yeah, it just feels a bit bittersweet, Jay. We worked so hard to qualify for the World Cup in the current format that with the expanded pool now, I think it's likely that Canada will always qualify forever now. Well, you know, I don't want to knock on wood, but, you know, it's likely because it's so many teams. Well, we'll see some portion of those 104 games, so I'm excited for that. Same nine-year-old has asked where we're going to sit for some of those games, so if there's any information about how we can go get tickets, tickets for uh, four years from now? Let me know. I imagine, Jay, that for both of us, it'll be at the very top, unfortunately. (laughs) Nosebleeds for us, Brett. Aside from where we're going to sit at the World Cup in 2026, what do we have for Peak Dolls today? For our first story, Credit Suisse in trouble. For our second story, airline fines. And for our last story, fake moon photos. That sounds familiar, like a story from the 60s. But for our first story, what's next for our banking system? Ha! If we only knew, what we do know is that the largest U.S. bank failure since the 2008 financial crisis is calling the stability of the entire banking system into question. Okay, so if you've missed the past few episodes, let's get you caught up. So Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, is currently under the control of the U.S. government through the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the FDIC. And its deposits have been fully rescued in a miraculous turn of events. Up north, the bank's arm has been seized. The FDIC's decision to save SVB's clients this week without the use of taxpayer funds, by the way, and leave executives and shareholders hanging is a very big deal. If they hadn't, the trust that U.S. customers have in their own bank's ability to securely store their funds, which holds the whole system together, would have been shaken. Despite bank stocks enjoying a slight but promising rebound on Tuesday, news of a potential funding crunch faced by Credit Suisse quickly put the good news times at an end. The bank stocks fell, leading to concerns that the Swiss government may be forced to intervene and sparking a broad sell-off in global bank stocks. Credit Suisse may be an isolated case. Some analysts note it's particularly poorly managed, but how regulators respond to its woes will impact the rest of the sector. And this matters because while analysts worry that SVB will go down in history as the first domino to fall in the banking system, it's not yet clear if it's just one of the few bad apples or an early warning sign of higher interest rates starting to break down bits of the financial system. The U.S. Fed has raised concerns over asset and liability imbalances, a results of some firms piling money into assets that have fallen in value as interest rates have risen. This week, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink warned that we could see, quote unquote, more seizures and shutdowns as part of a slow rolling crisis in the U.S. financial system. In Canada, banks don't face the same vulnerabilities as SVB, mostly because the country's financial system is made up of a few national banks with assets diversified across industries. It means slumping performance in one sector can be leveled out by gains in another, but that's not to say pain won't be felt if banks in the U.S. and EU start to break. For our second story, Canada's air travel regulator has been handing out fines left, right, and 10,000 feet off the ground amid a surge in customer complaints. Not really a surprise to anyone who's been paying attention, Jay, or who's been a Pearson lately, but what's happening here? Well, the Canadian Transportation Agency, the CTA, has issued 30 penalties to airlines for the current travel season, which is up from a pandemic low of six from 2020 to 2021. It's part of an effort to enforce Air Passenger Protection Regulations, APPR, that were implemented in 2019. Suddenly took home the CTA's 
biggest fine award, clocking in at $126,000 for 36 APPR violations related to flight delays over the holiday travel season. The worst offenders in terms of number of violations are WestJet and Flair Airlines. And this all matters because critics say these fines are actually peanuts. Penalties against WestJet and Flair over failures to compensate customers for flight disruptions amounted to about $200 per infraction. And yet the CTA has the authority of issue fines of up to $25,000. I like how you wound in the word peanuts in an airline conversation, Brett. Well done. A Sunwing traveler who faced a nightmare six-day delay on his return flight from Mexico called its $126,000 fine kind of a joke. Better than the pretzels, Jane. The penalties don't seem to amount to any turbulence in WestJet's plan to buy Sunwing. Yes, but the CTA says its fines are signaling a warning to the industry, and anyway, its main avenue for resolving passengers' complaints is getting them direct compensation from the airline. Unfortunately, it's currently working through a backlog of, get this, 42,000 formal complaints, Brett. But a newly announced three-year, $75 million funding package could help speed up the CTA's complaint processing with plans to bring in 200 new staffers. If only they could get a flight to Ottawa. Here's the bottom line, Brett. The return of travel after the pandemic's lockdowns and restrictions has been chaotic, but air travel operators are now legally bound to deliver a basic level of service or pay a price. So far, that price has been pretty low, but the CTA's working on the ascent. For our third and final story, in the biggest moon-related conspiracy since NASA faked the moon landing, one Reddit user claims that Samsung is faking its moon photos. So Samsung's space zoom feature for its smartphone, praised for its ability to take photos of the moon that aren't just blurry white dots, has come under heavy scrutiny after a Reddit post alleged that photos taken with it used fake and enhanced AI. User iBreakPhotos posted an experiment where they downloaded a photo of the moon and blurred it enough to obscure all the details. They then took a photo of their monitor showing the blurred image using Space Zoom, which added details that weren't visible. They concluded Space Zoom likely uses AI trained on a database of moon images to recover lost details or add them, and accused Samsung of deceptive marketing as the company claims the feature uses no image overlaying or texture effects. Samsung has faced similar accusations in the past and released a statement responding to the claims that kind of vaguely explain the technology behind Space Zoom. It matters because while Samsung's alleged fakery is particularly egregious, taking a real photo on a smartphone isn't really a thing. Whether you use an Android, iPhone, or whatever your phone camera uses, they have some type of AI or machine learning trickery built in to alter your photos. If you switch off every optimizing feature, there are still processes running to brighten your photo and make certain details pop simply because it makes them look, well, better. And that's the bottom line here. As Generative AI rapidly improves in consumer tech. Hey there, TikTok's bold glamour filter that we talked about a few days ago. Your picks are going to look better and better, but at the expense of reality. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett. And thank you, Peak Pals. <laughs>